You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, it is what it is, man. There ain't nothing else to it. And to be honest, by the time things were winding down, I was getting kind of glad about it because, as I've said the last couple days now, it's more or less everybody that I want, I don't want to pay for, and everybody that we can afford to pay for, what's the point in getting them, right? Like, what, I mean, we're adding someone that's as good, maybe as the guys we have, and we're giving up like a fifth-round pick, which, granted, low hit rate, but why? It's like just throwing a fifth-round pick in the garbage. And we got to pay him, which is going to hurt the salary cap. So it just, eh. I was curious. I was also wondering if the Packers were going to ship somebody out, which really, that was starting to become my, my new favorite option. Not that there was anyone in particular I wanted gone, but, you know, maybe we can find a trade partner for Josh Jackson or something, get like a sixth or, I, I don't know, just saying. But this is it, man. What you see is what you get, which is actually not entirely true because we got some people coming back. Um, hopefully we get Devontae back. Might see Jace sometime this year. Um, I, I don't know what exactly to expect from Jace. I, a friend of mine asked me about that yesterday. The way I really see this going, since we'll just dive into this, I suppose, the way I kind of see it going, let, let's just say he comes back even this week and there is an open roster spot. We, uh, What did we do? We, we signed... Somebody to the regular, I say somebody because I can't think of his name, but whatever. The kick return guy, he's back on the team. And then we cut Darius Shepard and the tight end. I should have notes in front of me, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. I can picture his name. You ever have that where you can, like, see it, but you, it's so weird. Then when I try to, like, say what I'm seeing, it's like, Trey. It's like, no, it's not Trey. What you, Trey? Who's Trey? There's no Trey. Anyways, tight end guy. Bayless, right? Whatever. Bottom line is, there's two open spots. One of them we had activated from the practice squad. There is an open spot still remaining. So there's speculation that maybe that spot is going to be for Jay Sternberger. Anyways, let's say he comes back this week. Do we actually think he plays? Probably not very much, if at all. So my thought is there's a reacclimation period. Um, there's also the factor of we've got tight ends. Right, the the team really really likes Jimmy Graham, and he's had some success, and he has an understanding of a lot of things because he's a veteran, and he's a better blocker than people give him credit for, and he can do things. Being six foot seven, what up, alarm clock? Ugh, get some journey going. Um, Jimmy can do some stuff that other people can't. Being his size, Mercedes is doing pretty well. I mean, for what he is, he's a good blocker, and he's having a lot of success as a receiver. So there's just a lot of factors going on as far as he hasn't been playing, he's coming off of an injury, he has to learn the offense still, although I'm sure he's been doing nothing but reading that book. I'm sure that's it, right? I mean, he doesn't like take all that new money he got and have fun or anything. No, he's sitting somewhere in a cold, dark, ill-lit room studying the playbook, but we'll see. I mean, I suppose if there was going to be a jump in his playtime, it could come after the bye, but that's kind of close. My hope would be if he contributes that it's kind of toward the end of the season. 
I'm not hoping that because I don't want to see him. I'm hoping that because the other alternative in my mind is we don't really get to see him much this year because he's just buried down the depth chart and there's no reason to push him in and he's kind of young and raw and he's not that great yet. But I do think his skill set is, is something that could be very, very... Um, I mean, if you just look at how we use Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis for the most part, I mean, there's not a lot of deep shots to the tight ends. It's a lot of this, like, misdirection type stuff where it's, you know, the tight end comes across and you hit him in the flat, right? Especially in the red zone. We saw that, I think, in the preseason with Jay Sternberger just cutting across the um, cutting across the formation pre-snap. And then it's just a matter of he kind of leaks out the side and nobody covered him. And he's not a super big burner, but he's fast enough and he's a good enough route runner. And he's a he's just a great receiver that if you get him just kind of stressing the seam a little bit or working the flat or just kind of doing this stuff attacking linebackers, he can just be an unbelievably dangerous threat, especially with this group where you're looking at a lot of guys that it's it's a lot of scheme. And it's a lot of, we just need one of you guys to win. I think he can be that guy that just attacks the linebackers and wins a lot. To where there's not a lot of extra resources going toward him. We have to worry about Marquez's speed. We have to worry about doubling up Devontae because he can just break everybody's ankles. You know, Kumaro's a real good route runner. So we got we to gotta be somewhat mindful of that, right? He, he doesn't have a lot of speed. He's not a super big dude. But we got to have somebody that's, you know, at, at least can keep his balance a little bit. Geronimo, I don't know what you do. I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers decides to throw to Geronimo, it's just a completion. There's really nothing you can do about it. Geronimo's very rarely ever open. It's <laughs> just, Rodgers is just like, all right, nobody's open, it's going to Geronimo. He launches it to him. Geronimo goes up, catches it, takes a massive hit in which you just hope he stands up. And he, he's like Donald Driver. He just takes a, he, he gets a great catch in tight coverage, gets smoked right in the dome, and just gets up smiling like nothing happened. And you don't see him the rest of the game or until that next big third down completion you need. Again, I'm not trying to dog Geronimo. I'm just, I mean, I got a lot of respect for the guy because the the role he plays is like the least desirable role of anybody on the team. But it's a pretty critical role. So again, if you get Jace kind of just factoring in as a different kind of weapon, which is really kind of what everybody is, outside of Aaron Jones, everybody's just kind of a, and, and Devontae obviously, everybody just has like a role and will kind of come to you when it's your your turn. And I think Jace can, can kind of fit that, even even among the tight ends. He's a different kind of guy. You know, Jimmy isn't a do-everything kind of guy anymore. Mercedes certainly isn't a do-everything kind of guy. So I think all three of them kind of are different in their own little way. But yeah, if you're looking for just sort of a, uh, I wouldn't say fast, but quick. I think he can come in and be really quick, right? Quick out of his breaks, which is great in this this kind of offense because this offense is all about running similar routes. So you see him doing something, and you think you know what he's going to do, and then when he changes it up, it's going to be very sudden. I think that's, that's again, potentially very lethal, but I have low expectation that essentially he's going to come back and just dominate. Even if he is really good, I still think, even with LaFleur being more willing to go with the hot hand, I just think he has a lot of trust with Mercedes and Jimmy. He has a lot of respect. He really likes Mercedes and Jimmy. There's a lot of leadership. There's a lot of intelligence between them I just don't see them getting pushed out it's going to be kind of like Rashawn essentially I think it's going to be very much we want to see him we want him to do well but he's not going to get a lot of snaps occasionally you'll see a little flash but it's kind of like that's all you'll get out of it like but we'll see I don't know how we got here how are you I'm the host of this podcast pleasure to have you anyways um, I lied a little bit the thing that uh, I was going to have going today obviously Everything takes longer than I expected. 
Also, anybody who has been trying to buy gear, i.e. t-shirts and stuff, a little bit of a blip, but uh, we'll get that straightened out. And I've got uh, some ideas for some different designs. Hopefully get something up by Christmas. I mean, for Christmas, not like by Christmas, because then it's too late. Everyone's already spent all their money. Everybody's broke. I come out December 26th like, who wants to buy my t-shirts? You guys are already on the street corner trying to peddle off your your dolls you just gave your daughter because you're broke. I know what you're doing out there. I know. I see you. Um, But anyways, since we're not there yet, I will continue begging. Um, iTunes, 275. It's sort of a round number, but I like to see a little zero there. And to be honest, I mean, we're kind of cruising along pretty nicely with these iTunes reviews. At some point, like 280, 290, I mean, can we just can we just do 300? I mean, I'm not trying to be greedy. But at the same time, I feel like you guys are just teasing me. But anyways, if you like the show and you wouldn't mind giving me a five-star iTunes rating and review, it would be greatly appreciated. It does very much help the show, which inexplicably is still buried in a lot of these rankings. And, uh, you know, the world needs to know, man. There are people out there that do not know the Packernet Podcast exists. They, they just type in Packers, they're new to podcasts, they, they grab the first three, they whittle it down to one or two because they don't like the third one, they kind of don't like the second one, and they half don't like the first one, but they kind of think that's all there is. That is not all there is. The people need to know. Instagram. Y'all are still slacking a little bit. I'm trying to give away jerseys. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't like jerseys. Maybe you don't like signed, autographed jerseys. No big deal if you don't like it. All you got to do if you have Instagram is go to Instagram Look for Packernet Podcast. We made it real easy for you. I hope you know the name of this podcast. Then click the follow button. And when we get to 500, I'm giving away a jersey. And then when we get to 700, I'm going to give away another one. You don't have to pay anything. Yeah, J.J. Watt's giving away 100 grand and a Ford Raptor. But you got to give him like 10 bucks. So, I mean, who's the real rip-off artist here, huh? Okay, you're giving it to, to a, a foundation. Still, this is free. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have brought up that other thing. But you know what? Something to think about. J.J. Watt out here trying to do good for people. Also, big thank you. I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, Monday's episode came out so late. However, yesterday's uh, download numbers I think were the highest I've ever seen. Pretty sure. Um, it's going to be a depressing day because there's going to be a massive plummet today. Because there's always like, a, ooh, maybe this is like a new high and then it just plummets. But still, um, it's always nice to see that. Welcome to all the new listeners. I think we're caught up. Why don't we take a break and we'll just talk about some other random stuff. Does that sound good to you? Sounds great to me. All right, folks, it's time for your My Bookie Minute. Just made that up. It sounds pretty good, right? Leave me alone. I, I do stuff, all right? That was good. Learn to appreciate greatness, all right? Anyways, the Packers still at four points, i.e. four-point favorites. The over-under did move a little bit. It's at 47. That was low. I think it was 46, 45, 45 and a half, something and a half. I don't know, but 47 is definitely higher. Money line minus 195. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm really surprised that the Packers are sitting at, at just four-point favorites. I don't know if, if it's a fear of the injuries because a lot of the Packers were, were banged up. If it's just the fact that they're on the road again, back-to-back games. Maybe the charge. I, I don't know, but it seems weird to me that a 7-1 and team going up against, what, the, the two-win Chargers team is only a four-point favorite? Although, as I look across a lot of these, the only spread that's really any bit kind of, I don't know, even a little bit large is the Redskins-Buffalo, which Buffalo is a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Otherwise, five points is the biggest one I could find. So maybe it's just because things are so far out. or Maybe these are just even, a lot of these are. Miami and the Jets. 
I don't know, whatever. Either way, that seems a little bit low. So if you're planning on jumping in, I would do it early, assuming you have the confidence to do so. Otherwise, this bad boy is just going to move. And if the Packers end up being healthy, we know the Chargers aren't healthy because they just, I mean, half their team's already on IR, so health is already out the window. So if it comes out that the Packers are healthy and everything's going good, this is going to go up to five, six, seven points pretty quickly. That's that's my guess. I don't know. If it doesn't, I'm going to be shocked and a little bit scared as to why Vegas is so not willing to move that. Um, Super Bowl odds, Packers are still fourth, plus 750 right now. 100 bucks pays 750 is essentially what that means. Packers still favorites to uh, win the NFC North. That one's a little bit risky, but hey, you do what you want. I mean, not like the Super Bowl isn't. <laughs> But uh, that one's actually minus 200, whereas the Vikings are plus 150. Not saying I would put my money on the Vikings, but in terms of the value, I kind of got it like split 50-50. Granted, the Packers did win against the Vikings. They're also undefeated in the division, and the Vikings are not. So any tiebreakers seemingly are going to the Packers, so they got that going for them. Anyways, as I've told you a thousand times, whatever it is you're interested in, it could be NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, get in on some World Series action. Whatever it is you're looking to do, make sure you sign up at mybookie.ag. Use promo code OVERTIME, and they're going to match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So something else to keep in mind, uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that uh, Jay Sternberger is going to be taking that open spot. Somebody else to keep an eye on is Ibrahim Campbell. Um, and I don't really want to underestimate his impact on the team so much. He's somebody that I really, really liked. We, we saw him for a very limited time last year, and he was really, really solid. Now, kind of long-term history of him playing with the Texans and whatnot, he was kind of so-so. But um, the Packers did decide this year to bring him back, and I was very, very happy about that. So we'll see. Obviously, you know, with Savage coming back, it's a little less urgent but it would be kind of interesting to see how they use sort of an Amos, Savage, Ibrahim, Campbell mix. Ultimately, I'd like to see all of them come back because then you got that little trio, which gets me super excited. Then you got the trio of uh, Mercedes and Jimmy and Jace. No disrespect to Tanya or anything, but, you know, I mean, you know. Something that I wanted to hit on, I feel like I've said it, but not maybe as directly as I could have. One of the benefits, and I kind of more or less talked about it with the wide receivers, how we we don't really have a guy. We have a bunch of different guys with different tools. And that's sort of the offense in a nutshell. And it just seems to be the perfect complement for what we have in Matt LaFleur, which is a guy that's willing to just try different stuff to see what works. The benefit is, you look at the Chiefs game, 
And again, it didn't go as beautifully and masterfully as I thought where we put up 60 points and they score four and it's just, you know, whatever. But the point is they found something that worked. They had a game plan and it was a very good game plan. And it, it really did mess some things up, right? It, it got to Rodgers and it hurt the timing and it, it just kind of threw off what the Packers like to do. It was a brilliant game plan. But the weapon that we have in Aaron Jones completely destroyed their entire plan. And so whether or not that was the plan going in, and I kind of think it wasn't, what Matt LaFleur figured out and found out and what Aaron Rodgers and the, the offense eventually figured out is, okay, if you're going to play us that way, I have an idea. And they came out and they executed. And they, they essentially used our running back as a receiver to attack the linebackers because they're bringing so much heat. And so if you're going to be playing man coverage to try to lock up our guys on the outside, we're going to bring our running back to attack your linebackers who aren't even there anymore because they're blitzing. And hence you have Aaron Jones who just gets a little dump off pass and takes it 60 yards to the house or whatever. And again, I've said this a lot of different times in a lot of different ways, but the strength of the offense really has to do, and it's, it's kind of weird, but it's almost as if the fact that all of our wide receivers and everything have so many weaknesses and we have just little gadget guys is almost a benefit. Because how does a defensive coordinator game plan against the Packers? What's the plan? Now, the one thing the Packers need to not do, and Aaron Rodgers needs to not do, is when Devontae comes back, just say, oh, good, I can just throw it to Devontae now, because that's when we're at our weakest. That's an easy thing. And, and again, it kind of goes to the point of why the Packers are kind of stronger with weaker weapons. When our game plan is just throw to Devontae, their game plan is just take away Devontae, and we're in trouble. We can come out with a game plan that says, let's try to highlight MVS, and if they come out with a game plan that says, let's take away MVS, okay, well, it's very easy to change out of that. Because we got like six guys that are as good as he is. Not at the same thing, but one of the benefits then is it's, it's not just the player. It's not just a matter of player A, okay, let's go to player B. It's, a, it's an entire game plan shift because MVS is good at what? He's good at stretching the field. So if our game plan was to attack deep and their game plan was to, was to take him away, it's not just take him away, it's take away the deep ball. So what do we do? We throw screen passes to Alan Lazard. <laughs> And you got a bunch of light guys that are out there playing kind of off the ball a lot. And we throw a screen pass to a six foot five, 245 pound monster who's steamrolling your 201 pound cornerbacks. And it changes things up. And we use our running back to attack the middle of the field. And then we throw in Jamal to, to bang the ball up the middle. While you're trying to cover Aaron Jones running out into the flat, we got this hammer running up the middle against your lone linebacker. There's so many different things, and they all do different things. It's not just that we got a bunch of the same guy. We got a bunch of guys that do, like, one thing really well. And if you try to take any one of them away, it doesn't matter. We'll just do one of the other things. And again, because they're so diametrically opposed, you have to be able to adapt your entire defensive game plan in terms of take away the shallow, take away the deep, take away the running back, take away the run, the path, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do, we can adapt and, and form. It's, it's a shape-shifting offense. It's an offense that can come out with a plan of let's play heavy, two tight end, run the ball, and if it's not working, we'll start going light and spreading everything out. We'll start putting Danny Vitale out wide. This, this offense is, it's mimetic polyalloy. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Liquid metal, man. Terminator. Tell me I'm not the only one that's seen that movie like 60 bajillion times. So good. Tell you what else is about to be a t-shirt. Matt LaFleur is the T-1000. That's, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Knock on wood if you're with me, right? Come on. Whatever. I'd buy it. 
It is, though, and I think that's going to be the strength of the team. Not that it doesn't already have strengths. I mean, it's got Aaron Rodgers, it's got Devontae, it's got, you know, Bakhtiari, blah, blah, blah. But the, let me put it this way. The weakness of the team for so long is that it does one thing, and if you take away that one thing, it's done. I've been saying that for years, and that goes all the way back to that Denver Broncos game. you got the undefeated Packers against the undefeated Denver Broncos. The Packers' offense was unstoppable. The Broncos came out with their very good defense. They had a game plan. The game plan was we're not going to play scared anymore. Everybody plays scared. Everybody backs off. Everybody plays soft zone against the Packers because, oh, we just don't want to scare them. They decided to be aggressive. We're going to attack the wide receivers. We're going to jam them at the line. We're going to get at Aaron Rodgers. And ever since then, things have been going downhill. Mike McCarthy had no ability to adapt or to change. He stuck with that mentality of we're better than you. We're just going to go out and we're just going to win. And after they had been exposed and, and there was a game plan on how to beat them, which happens to everybody. It's amazing that it took as long as it did to figure out how to beat the Packers, but somebody figured it out. Mike McCarthy had no ability to adapt, and it was just seemingly going downhill ever since. Because even bad teams with moderately good defenses were able to shock the world and beat the Packers. You had like bad Buffalo Bills teams coming in and beating the Packers just because they had the ability to frustrate Aaron Rodgers. And when you take him away, you got the defense playing poorly, you got everybody just kind of falls apart. And with this team's ability to just pick out one guy and highlight him. And it wasn't even the plan going in. It's almost like it's better to not really have, just just have like a vague plan. Like, we're going to start with this. I feel like it's going to work. If it does, we're going to ride it. Which is cool, because a lot of times they do come out and just boom, like 14 points. Like we had against the Chiefs or several other games where they come out on fire. Then they kind of adapt, and we get in trouble, and they start coming back, and it gets kind of scary. And then it's like, all right, let's do, like the, the game with Lazard. That was more or less Aaron Rodgers saying what? Like, I don't know, let's try that Lazard guy. I don't even think he said his name. Like, let's get that 13 guy going here. See what happens. And LaFleur's like, all right, cool, man. Turns out it worked really well. And then LaFleur's like, dude, just let's just do that the rest of the game. Because I don't know. Because it's, you know, everybody kind of makes fun of Madden. Like, oh, this isn't Madden. And in a lot of cases, that makes sense. But I feel like there's almost an anti-Madden thing going on within football. And there's like this hoity-toity, like, that's not how we do things around here. Sometimes Madden's just right. Remember how long it was like you never go for it on fourth down, like ever? Unless you're in the Super Bowl or the playoffs or you're, you're whatever. Your kicker just got blown up in a car crash. I don't know what ha- why he's in a car during the game, but just something crazy happened. It's like, all right, we got no kicker. By the way, he's okay in my made-up scenario. It just it blew up and it scared him, and he got flung across, and he's just getting checked out at the hospital. He's going to be fine, kids. Freak accident. He's good to go. Doctor gave him a sweet sticker. He's on his way back, but he's not back in time. He also met the love of his life, Nurse Jackie. Very nice lady, a little bit crazy, but we don't want to tell him that because he was just through a traumatic experience. He'll figure it out in time. But so you, you just don't go for it on fourth down. Suddenly teams are like, maybe we should just go for it on fourth down. Like if you're kind of in that midway range, you know, just started going for it. And all the Madden people are like, yeah, I've been telling you that since forever. Why would I not go for it on fourth? I'm going to get it. I feel like this is one of those things. I, I, another little Madden thing is you just keep running that same play that works over and over again. And with Mike McCarthy, it was like something would work and then he'd stop doing it. And it's like, dude, just keep doing it until they figure out how to stop it. I don't care if it's just a, a player or a general thing or if it's a specific play. If they didn't stop it, I'm, that would be my game plan. Like if I complete a pass, I'm going to run the exact same play. Especially if it was like a linebacker couldn't keep up. Like, if I got Aaron Jones running out in a whatever route, I don't care what it is, and you got a linebacker chasing him, and if it looks like you we're just going to do it again. And I will literally run that exact play every single play for the rest of that game until you prove to me that you can figure out a way to stop it. Until you're, like, double-teaming my running back. And it's like, all right, you broke that one up. Let's try a different play. 
But I got that one just waiting in the wings. In fact, I'll probably just keep doing that play or some variation of it and just throw it to somebody else and be like, all right, now what are you going to do? Granted, I, I'm, I would be a terrible coach, but in general, Matt LaFleur and the Packers seem much more willing to do that. And I love it because it just seems so blatantly obvious, but there's this like anti-Madden, you know, again, hoity-toity sort of, even among fans, like, well, that's not how it works in the real NFL. Get out of Madden. What are you, a child? Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's working. I don't, I don't understand. Like, why just, I mean, can we, can, can you do it again? I don't know. Get it. And this time it's like LaFleur and Rogers are like, yeah, I'll do it again. I'll do it all day. I don't care. In this game, it was like, I don't know. This stuff isn't going great. But pretty much every time we give the ball to Aaron Jones, it's awesome. Like, if he runs it, he gets eight yards. If we throw it to him, he gets, like, 40. Um, so let's keep doing it forever, maybe? I don't know. And again, you go into the Chargers game, and maybe you have a general idea of let's just keep feeding Aaron Jones because he's dominant. But he sometimes doesn't have great days. And if things go poorly, and the first play he fumbles a ball and he's only getting two yards of carry, it's like, all right, look, look, look. Let's do another thing. And it's the same with Devontae. And I look, if, if you can just throw to Devontae all day, let's give him 14 catches for 215 yards and four touchdowns. Let's just do, if we have the opportunity, let's start with that every time, but let's not lock into it. If they're doubling up Devontae and we can't do anything about it, that's an awesome thing. Because now we're basically playing like all these other games that we just won, except they have extra coverage over to one side, which they never used to do before. They just kind of played it even across the board, and we're like, all right, let's see if we can try to stop everyone, and they couldn't. Now they got to roll extra protection over to that side, as well as their number one corner and another guy are over on that side. It's going to be even easier to hit Lazard or MVS or Geronimo or Jimmy or Mercedes or Aaron Jones or Jamal or whatever. It just got even easier, but we got to continue to be okay with walking away from our old game plan and getting away from, look, I understand Devontae's a freak. I get it. I want to get him the ball too. He deserves it. He's a blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Win the game. And I hope that we're going to keep that mentality. And I hope that this has shown everybody, like, this is what needs to happen, especially Aaron Rodgers, because he was very much into that zone. And we heard it even earlier this year, which made me nervous. All last year, what did we hear? I don't know. we got to find a way to get the ball deeper, and i got to get the ball to Devontae more. And all I could think is, no, stop trying to force the ball to Devontae so much, and stop trying to throw every pass 40 yards down the field. you got guys, you got Aaron Jones sitting 10 yards down the field wide open, and you're not throwing it to him, and I'm going to flip out. And then to start the season, it was the same thing. Well, we got to feed Devontae more. Devontae had like 17 catches. Well, I don't know, man. Devontae could have had 24. I, I failed. Stop that. You're driving me crazy with this. Not every pass has to go to Devontae. I love Devontae. It's awesome, great, cool, wonderful. Do what you can. But if you're staring him down and trying to force passes to Devontae, when we got Jimmy Graham wide open 24 yards down the field just waving his arms around, and you're staring at Devontae like, come on, man, I'm squeeze it in there. Knock it off. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they understand, and I, I just I really, really hope that we don't go back to our old habits because this could be even more dangerous and more awesome. Because as I've said, every, everybody has bad days. Devontae's going to have bad days. Aaron Rodgers is going to have bad days. And the ability to adapt is what makes this offense the strongest, and the defense also in that regard. Defense has been kind of trending downward, but again, you still have guys stepping up at the right times. You have certain people that have bad days, some guys that have great days. And it's that ability to adapt and to lean on certain people or certain things or certain whatever. Even if our game plan is essentially get him into third down and let Zadarius go off, which kind of seems like that's the game plan, I guess I'm good with it. Whatever works, just keep doing it. Or let's just let it get close 
and then when they get into the red zone and try to get a game-winning touchdown, Kevin King will pick it in the end zone. Like, I don't really like that game plan, but if that's what we got and it seems to be working, I guess we'll roll with it. I don't, I, okay. Anyways, uh, let's take our second break and figure out what other randomness we can talk about. So I just read an article um, essentially talking about how the Packers are about to have another home game going out to play the Chargers, in part because the Chargers don't have a single fan and also because the Packers travel really well. Here's the thing, though. It's not a Packers home game without Packer fans buying tickets to go watch the Chargers. So if you're planning on being one of the people to make it a home game, to scream on third down when the Chiefs have the ball, to chant Go Pack Go, to just get wild and crazy out in Cali, Make sure you're using Vivid Seats to try to save a couple bucks because it's going to be a pricey ticket. Just download the app. They make it real easy to sort by price, seat, whatever it is you're looking for, to find the right seat that you want. As soon as you download the app and sign up, fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program to earn credits back, and I would assume you'd get a lot of credits for those tickets. And each and every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So whether you're going to a concert, a theater show, whatever it is you're into, Vivid Seats has got what you're looking for. So download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program today. And when you're ready to buy those tickets, enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. So not not to go back to the deadline thing, and after today we'll, we'll probably stop talking about it, but there's still some heartburn. Most people are probably pretty happy about it. I, at this point, am happy about it. But there's some heartburn about it. But here is the, the only thing I can think to console people who are upset and I understand Dustin was talking about in the Facebook group about, you know, wanting to make this a legit Super Bowl run. And the idea is you go up against tougher teams that are able to gash us in the run, to be able to throw on us, to be able to, you know, shut down whatever receivers we have because they actually have good corners. And suddenly there's going to be a lot of people that are piping up saying, oh, look who decided not to get A.J. Green. Look who decided not to go get Leonard Williams. Look who, you know, where's all those people now who are saying we shouldn't go out and do anything? Here's the, the biggest thing, though, and I again, I'm not trying to say we can't win this year because we can. The strength of the team is the core of the team, and being able to build on what we have is critically important. Giving away a first or a second round pick is kind of detrimental, especially when we've seen that Brian Gutekunst does a really good job. Beyond that, the salary cap is becoming problematic. It's not a bad situation, but it, be, it can become really bad really quickly if we're adding another $10 million person to this. Again, we got to resign Devontae pretty soon. Kenny Clark potentially is going to be coming up for a contract extension, although the way he's playing, maybe we just let this ride out and see how it goes. You know, maybe let him play out 2020 without a contract, and, you know, maybe if he can step it up a little bit, I don't know. Bakhtiari, right? Somebody is probably coming to a contract. So, I mean, all that stuff is fine. It's not really going to cause any problems. Primarily because there's other people that we are going to be getting rid of. I would assume Jimmy Graham is gone. I don't know that. There's a good chance Blake has moved on. So it'll, it'll, it'll work itself out. But again, let's try to focus on right now the Packers have gotten where they are with what they have. Um, granted, these aren't the strongest teams in football. But, you know, some of the strongest teams are teams like Dallas. I think PFF has them as the second highest graded team in football right now. And the Packers did beat them. Right, We did beat the Vikings. Granted, it was when Kirk Cousins had a really bad day, but who's to say that some of that didn't have to do with what the Packers are doing to him? The pressure that was getting to him from our new pass rushers did have something to do with that. Again, they find a way to win. And if we don't win a Super Bowl, first of all, there's no guarantee that giving away draft picks and damaging our salary cap is going to guarantee a win. Because let's say we go out and get a wide receiver. 
that doesn't fix some team's ability to run and throw against us. Let's say we do get a, a, uh, a defensive lineman. First of all, that has nothing to do with stopping the run entirely. One defensive lineman is not going to shut down another team's ability to run the ball. On top of that, we still have problems covering guys, right? We still have teams throwing kind of at will, and it doesn't help our wide receivers get open if that's a problem. So there's no way to fix all the problems. So it just become from a cost-benefit standpoint, I think one of the, the best things that we could do is try to improve upon what we have, right? Devontae coming back really helps fix that other problem which is already looking like it's not that big of a problem. But again, we have to see what happens when we go up against better corners. Devontae coming back should help. Jace maybe will help. And the offense is continuing to get better, right? Aaron Jones contributes to that. As far as run defense, I think some of the, the, the biggest upgrades we can have are on the team. We need Dean to play better. We need Kenny to play better, right? Struggles against the, the pass game, it, it really comes down to consistency. This last week, any problems we had through the air came where? Because Kevin King and Darnell Savage had a bad day. And any time Kevin King decides to be a lockdown corner, Jair decides to take the day off. That's kind of the problem. It's a lack of consistency. So we don't need to go out and get a new corner. We just need the corners we have to play better more consistently. And if you do have an off day, let your off day not be giving up 200 yards. Right? If you give up a play or a couple short things or whatever, fine. But let's just not just give up everything, no matter what, just big plays, blown coverage, all that nonsense. Also, tackling is a massive problem, and there's nothing we can do in free agency to make our corners and safeties tackle better, or to make our edge rushers or defensive linemen or linebacker tackle better. So there is no true fix-all in free agency, and a lot of the solutions to our problems are already on the roster. And again, when you look at cost, I just don't think there was much that we could afford that would be worth the cost, especially because it's not really going to fix anything. A.J. Green does make things much more dangerous, there's no question. But, I, you know, the salary cap is way, way, way too, it's too big of a cost. Because we're not just going to carry him for the end of the year. I mean, we have to carry him on into next year and who knows how much longer, which could jeopardize our ability to extend Devante or to extend Bakhtiari. And also, you, you look at it, let's say we draft an offensive lineman in the first round, our ability to come back and grab one of these really good wide receivers, possibly in the second, is gone because we gave away our second round pick. So now our ability to draft one of these really good wide receivers is is just gone, and we have to wait until the third round. This is a a lethal group of offensive skill position players coming into next year's draft. Offensive linemen, wide receivers, and I don't think Gutekunst really wants or should be giving that away, right? Let's give Matt LaFleur his opportunity. We had Mike Pettin come in. He said what he wanted. We went out and got him a bunch of pieces that he wanted. Now let's give Matt LaFleur his turn. Let's let him build this roster out the way that he wants. Because remember, he's still working with Mike McCarthy pieces. He's been able to make some tweaks and, and do some things, but the offensive line, the wide receivers, all this different stuff, I'm sure there's certain things that he wished he had and would like to to change. Let's not take away that opportunity. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough run, but it's always a tough run. There's no guarantees anywhere. I guess just keep your head down and keep grinding and just find a way to win. We're going to play teams that are better than the Packers. We've already played teams that were better than the Packers, and we beat them. Even if it was just that they were better on that day, Maybe not overall, but on that day in that game, that team was better, but the Packers found a way to claw their way to a victory. Again, this is just sort of the strength of the team, and we're going to have to just learn to embrace that. This is just what it is. And again, I, I, my biggest goal at this point in the season, aside from let's just not give up you know, easy wins to garbage teams, like let's not lose to the Redskins and the Giants, et cetera, et cetera, it really is just stay healthy. Because these guys, we're starting to see guys get beaten and battered, and, and we still have to see the injury report right now. I don't know how many people are, are 
potentially going to be out. We don't even know if Devontae is going to be playing. Got to check on Zadarius. We got to check on Aaron Jones. We got to check on Preston. We got to check on, on Bakhtiari because he looked like he had a pretty serious rib injury. You got to check on Balaga with his finger. So lots and lots of question marks, but stay healthy is going to be big. Find ways to win these next couple of games, get to the, the bye week and get healthy and just make a really, really strong push. But um, health is going to be very, very optimal at this point because that's how we end up losing to garbage teams. If we don't have Zadarius and Preston or we don't have Bakhtiari and Balaga or or whatever, that's when things get to be dicey. If we can stay healthy and stay relatively consistent, we should be able to coast our way into a playoff uh, berth. And at that point, it's just about scratch and claw and win any way that you possibly can. Because And the other good thing is I think this team is built for playoff success. And, and I don't know that Mike McCarthy's teams necessarily were. I'm not saying that they should be playoff favorites. Things like being bad at tackling, that's really problematic. That seems to be a lack of discipline, and that's not what you want in the playoff. But a, a talented defense and a strong, a team that is strong mentally and emotionally that doesn't give up and just keeps coming. Right? It's not just we do one thing really, really well. Because again, you get into the playoffs, you're playing the best of the best, and some of these teams are going to figure out how to stop it, what it is that you do best. And if you don't have the ability to adapt, or like we saw in, in recent years, if if that one thing goes away, you just see the team just give up. This team does not give up. They've got a ton of heart. They've got a ton of scrap. And, and, and Zadarius, especially being a leader of this team, is awesome. Because one thing I love about Zadarius Smith, aside from his never give up, playing through injuries mentality, it's that he has got a hunt instinct like I have never seen in my life. I, I mentioned before how many sacks he seems to get on third down when he gets it in his head that he wants it he wants it bad and he has got this other gear inside of him that maybe doesn't quite get activated I mean it's almost like the Hulk or werewolf or whatever where something just kind of gets activated in certain situations when he wants it he wants it bad and it's in prime situations it's on third down it's when the game is on the line that's when Zadarius kicks in and Preston as well and I think that that is because that is spreading through this team. Look at Aaron Jones when the game is on the line. He stays in there when he's hurt, and he finds a way to win. He's banging eight-yard uh, runs. He wins the game with a reception on third down. Kevin King with the interceptions. As much as he has struggled, and I don't care if you want to agree with that or not, he has. But he comes up big when it matters. And there's no bigger stage than the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And and the great thing is, this is a team. Whether it's from the coaches, from the staff, from the the players, from Aaron Rodgers. When the game is on the line is when they're at their best. When it's most important is when they're at their best. And I would love to see what this team is able to do when they've got a Super Bowl in their sights. When they're in the playoffs and everything is legitimately on the line and you're winning in. I want to see that hunt instinct get in, in ingrained in everybody. Zadarius is the perfect leader for this team. Because he embodies everything that you want a team to have. To see him writhing on the ground, I, I can't believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm to the point where it's like, dude, take a playoff. He doesn't. He goes to the sideline because he's obligated to, and he's right back in. How are you in that much pain that you, you're you literally writhing on the ground? I'm looking at it like he's done for the season. This has happened like three times now where I'm pretty sure he's done for the season. He's in the next play. We saw Preston do it. We've seen Bakhtiari do it. We've seen MVS come back in a massive way when he, he wasn't even sure if he was going to play. He, he definitely could have decided, I'm too injured to play. Aaron Rodgers gave him credit. Why? Because he fought through it, and that was a game in which they needed him to play. That leadership that you see from guys like Zadarius Smith are emanating throughout the team. It's emanating throughout the locker room, and it's building something deeper. It's beyond just the talent. 
Because as I've said a thousand times, you look at the Patriots, it goes beyond talent. Granted, their defense is very talented right now. But there have been times when their defense isn't that talented, but they play like it. Their offensive line, not that talented, but they play like it. Even Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not Aaron Rodgers. He is talented. He's very accurate. He's extremely nimble in the pocket. But he doesn't have Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers-type athleticism or, or that ability to like throw off his back foot, look in the wrong way, eyes closed, feet up in the air, launching it 40 yards down the field, pinpoint pass. He doesn't have that. But what they have is heart. They have discipline. They never give up. And I think it's that Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the one that sort of emanates that. He's got this intensity that is just unbelievable, and that emanates through everybody. And when the Patriots are down is when you most feel like you're in trouble. right? When you're beating the Patriots is when you're most nervous because you know something's about to happen, and it's terrifying. Nobody feels that way exactly about the Packers yet, but it's building, and it's growing, and, the, and, and people just keep doubting because they look at it the same way I look at it, and they're like, oh, man, there's all these problems. I mean, they're winning, but it's not that good a team, and you look at the run defense, blah, 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 blah. But they just keep coming, and they just keep fighting, and they don't quit. They don't stop until they have the win, and it's the reason why it's, it's the most easy-to-cheer-for team that I can remember. I mean, all of them are that way, but it's just, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how to describe it, and I, I probably don't need to because you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, but you look at this team and you look at the effort, and you look at the, the blood, sweat, and tears literally being poured out on the field every single week just to get us that win. And we win because of it. I mean, I'm watching guys that are so beat up in this game that I'm thinking, dude, it's not even worth a win. Like, I, I don't want to see you get disfigured. Like, I, 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 I want nothing more than this team to win, and I am probably going to go on a tirade and be miserable for about a week if we lose this game. But I'm, I'm literally to the point where it's like, you know what, let's just take the L because this is getting a little out of hand and I'm pretty sure Zadarius needs a knee replacement or something because this is getting crazy. I, I, I'm feeling like a bad human being just wanting a win right now. Let's just, let's forfeit, let's call it a week, let's regroup. This is crazy. Again, it's like that Lionheart scene where it's like, dude, just stop, just lay down. Like, it's good. Forget it. I don't even want it. Like, you're literally going to die right now. Just stop. Also, I bet on the other guy, so, you know, kind of want to get rich here. I didn't bet on the Chiefs. I, that was, I didn't do that. Just saying. It's, it's a movie. I don't know. Go watch it. Learn something. Culture, all right? Real American culture. Go have a Jean-Claude Van Damme marathon. And yes, it's American. I don't care where he's from. Swedeland or whatever. Franceny, whatever it is. I don't care. Go get cultured, all right? That one where he, like, kicks the bamboo tree for, like, days. So good. Anyways, sorry, football. Actually, you know what? No, we're going to end it with kicking a bamboo tree because I got to get going. Anyways, tomorrow, I think, we're going to start talking about the Chargers? I guess I don't know. We'll see what happens. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>